Gentlemen, the only way to achieve the impossible is to believe it's possible. That movie quote was by Charles Kingsley in the movie Alice in Wonderland. Folks, how many times in your life, when you're making a decision about your career, your business, or relationships, do you ask yourself, if I spend my time here, what's my opportunity cost? How often, when you're choosing between two options, do you run like a cost-benefit analysis? But ultimately, it's the opportunity cost that tips you over in making one decision over another. For example, what's the opportunity cost if I start a new business versus staying in my current quote-unquote stable job? There's another movie quote I want to share. Life is full of possibilities. You just need to know where to look. That was Joe Gardner, played by Jamie Foxx in the Pixar movie, Soul. In today's episode, I'm going to dive deep into the topic of opportunity cost. Has the traditional ways of calculating opportunity cost helped you in making decisions that's aligned with your gut feeling, your intuition? Do you tend to weigh your options on what you're not willing to lose? And has that been serving you well in achieving your dream job, your dream business, or your dream vision of life. I'm also going to share action steps on how you can start changing your perspectives. Let's cue the intro. Welcome to the Boom Vision Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Ye. This show is about how to create success on top of a solid foundation of your mind, body, and soul. I created this podcast to give you perspectives and frameworks on how to strengthen your mindset and gain clarity in finding your true north. It's time for you to live an extraordinary life with vision that you design. Let's get to work. Hi folks, welcome back to episode 17 of the Boon Vision Podcast. I feel compelled to share today's topic with you because it came up a couple of times in the past several weeks during my coaching calls with my clients. The topic of opportunity cost. I like to share a movie quote. Always remember, your focus determines your reality. This is by Qui-Gon Jinn in the Star Wars movies, episode one. Do you tend to focus on what you might lose rather than what you can gain or win? Do you tend to focus on what you can't let go versus the new experiences that you can gain coming into your life? So what is opportunity cost? The definition of opportunity cost is the loss of potential gain from other alternatives when one alternative is chosen. This term, opportunity cost, gets used a lot in the context of business and investing. When you're making comparisons between different options and trying to filter out how to select the best choice through the process of elimination. So let me give you an example. Income versus self-care. Let's say, for example, that you're a health practitioner and you see on average five patients a day and each session is $200. On any given day, your income would be $1,000. But let's say, for example, that you're thinking of taking a half day off. You need to recharge your batteries and spend time in nature for an afternoon hike because you're just mentally and physically depleted. By taking an afternoon off, you're only able to see two patients in the morning, which would yield $400. So in this case, your opportunity cost in taking the afternoon off is $600. The reason being, your alternative choice of working a full day is making $1,000. 
since you only made $400 in seeing two patients in the morning, you are foregoing the $600 of potential income that you're losing out on. So by taking the afternoon off, your opportunity cost is $600. And so what is opportunity benefit? My definition of opportunity benefit is that it's the benefit or return you will gain with your selective choice over the benefit or return of alternative choices that you did not select. Mind blown, right? (laughs) Okay, maybe not, but hear me out. Opportunity benefit may not be a new concept, but here's the thing. Whatever you focus, you give it power, and that's what shapes your reality. It's essentially the law of attraction at play, and you guys all know I believe in that wholeheartedly. In the world of entrepreneurship and investments, I hear a lot of times comparison of ROI, which stands for return on investments, IRR, which stands for internal rate of return, and opportunity cost to determine if one investment or action is better than the other. However, if you constantly compare decisions or investments in the context of opportunity cost, to me, that's like basing your decision on what you're willing to give up. So going back to the example of what I gave earlier on the health practitioner, If you had evaluated your options through the lens of opportunity benefit rather than through opportunity cost, the opportunity benefit of taking a half day off is recharging your mental battery and your physical body. Your mind, body, and soul would be much more imbalanced, reducing the risk of burnouts and avoiding compromising your immune system. Does that opportunity benefit weigh much more than the $600 of opportunity costs that you're foregoing and working a full day. Can you relate to that? When I hear people doing a cost-benefit analysis, it's basically weighing the pros and cons of a situation, of the choices that you have. But I rarely hear people use the words opportunity benefit. It's always the words opportunity costs that people talk about when making their final decision. Can you relate? Why is this important? If you have a tendency to weigh opportunity cost more heavily in making a decision, let me zoom out to explain why you might even have that programming in the first place. If you guys remember in episode two, I shared that Dr. Bruce Limpton said that 70% of our programs that we download for our subconscious mind are negative and disempowering. That means as a toddler, you're going to hear two more no's for every one yes. And depending on your culture or your family background, that number might even be higher. And so one of the stories I typically share in my talks is that when my son first started walking, he was like a little tank, right? He would find all the corners and tables of the house. And I remember one of the times where he was about to bump his head on on the corner of a table. And I'd be like, no, 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 don't do that. Within a span of one second, I said five no's. And so when I first heard this quote from Dr. Bruce Limpton, it really hit it home for me because it's like, wow, I do say more no's than yes. And so when I did my own Cal method, it's like, where does that come from? Why do I say more no's than yes? And when I really dug in deep in that awareness and that language, what I came to realize is like, wow, the programming I downloaded as a kid, a lot of it actually came from my mom. I mean, my mom is very loving and protective of her kids. 
and she didn't exactly use the words opportunity cost. But when I reflect on it, the way she saw and operated through life was through that lens of opportunity cost. It's what am I going to lose? And let's avoid doing that. So I'd like to share a personal story. Back in 2016, my family, along with my parents, went on a road trip to San Diego because we wanted to visit SeaWorld. Right? My son was about a couple years old at the time. And so when we went to the amusement park about halfway through the day, we went to this animal show, but along the way, we passed by a bunch of these carnival games. And there's this one booth that had these like life-size plush dolls that my son was pointing at. Like he really wanted one of those. And I was telling him, well, we're on our way to the animal show. Maybe we can play it later, right? And so after the show was over, when we walked out, there was that booth, right? And he was pointing at those games again. And he was pointing at the plush dolls again. And so I went up to the attendant. I was like, all right, how does this work? And so this particular carnival game was called the Ladder Climb. Basically, it's a rope ladder that's tied from one end on the ground and the other one against the wall, and it's ascending up. And the whole point of the game is that you have to be able to get on the top rung, which is colored differently, I think it was like red, and you have to hit the buzzer button that creates a ringing sound, which then shows that you're, you're a winner. But the rules of the game is that both of your feet need to be on the top rung before you hit that buzzer. And I asked him, well, can you show me, you know, because I want to see if this is doable. And sure enough, the attendant, you know, did it once. I said, all right, so it's possible. So let's give it a try, right? So give him $5 and first try, utterly failed. <laughs> I didn't even get halfway. But I was like, all right, I got to keep trying. Let's, let's, let's do this, right? And so I did it again and again and again. <laughs> and I'm probably like 10 or 12 tries in. But each time I'm advancing a little bit more, you know, I'm, I'm, but the middle part is really tough. I mean, because it's, you got to be able to balance it right. And so when I look back and watch my family see me play this game, I see my mom basically saying, ha ha ha, biao wan, biao wan. Like, you know, and, and that's Mandarin. So the translation of that is like, okay, 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 don't play, don't play, don't play, right? Because she's seeing me trying again and again, but I'm tumbling, I'm falling. Whereas my wife, bless her heart. Giving me a side eye, right? And underneath her breath, she's like, get it, right? And so I really want to get this for my son. So I was like, yes, I know, I am going to get this. And so I'm trying a couple more times. And finally, on one of the tries, I got both my feet on a top rung. And I'm looking down to focus on my balance. And when I finally made it up there, I slammed my right hand against the wall where the buzzer button was. But I didn't hear anything. I was like, what the heck? So I slammed my hand again. But by the time I looked up to see why I'm not hearing a sound, I lost my balance and I fell down. And so what I realized what happened is that the button, it's not one of those buttons where it's easy where you just touch it and it'll just make a sound. It was actually inside this black plastic cylinder where you actually have to use a finger to push it in because it was actually the button was actually about half an inch below the top rim of this black plastic circle. And so I was livid because I told, I was, I was looking at the attendant, I was telling him, you saw both of my feet was up on a top rung, right? Like I was hitting the button, but it just didn't make a sound. He's like, he's like, yeah, no, I, I, I saw that. But the rules are, you gotta have to, 
you got to hit the button where it actually makes the ring sound. And to make matters worse, I'm looking at my right hand and I'm bleeding because I didn't see the button. I didn't realize you have to push the button inside that black cylinder. I have this size of a quarter, you know, rip on my on my skin because I hit my hand so hard against that button that I basically cut myself and I was bleeding. And so as you can imagine, now my mom at this point is like, just stop, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, she's probably about to have like an anxiety attack. But she's like, right? Which again, translation is, don't play, you're already hurt. And my wife is just looking at me and she's like, she didn't even have to say anything. I could just feel her energy. Right? She wanted me to win this. And I really wanted to win this, but I was hurt. I was bleeding. So I had to go to the first aid center, get it disinfected and put a bandaid on it. Then I came back. And so I tried again and I didn't make it. I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to get this. Like I was determined to get this. I remember very vividly before I tried for the last time, I looked up. I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I am going to do this. I'm going to get it. And I visualized myself because I already did it once. I knew it was possible. So I know I could do it again. So I visualized myself getting up there, pushing the button. But before I played, I actually did something different. I actually just said a small prayer and just said, guardian angels, please be with me and give me calm energy and support for me to win this. And so I whispered that. I said it very calmly. I said it very in low voice. But I closed my eyes when I said it. And I got on the ladder. I got past the halfway mark. I'm about three quarters up. And it started getting a little bit wobbly. And I was like, no, no, no. I got this. I got this. And I don't know how to describe this, but I almost felt like this invisible hand just supporting my lower back. It wasn't pushing me, but I just felt this presence where I just came calm. And that's when I knew like, oh my God, I'm going to do this. And I got on a top rung. My both feet was on a top rung. And then I pushed a finger and the buzzer button and I'm not letting it go. I was like, ee, like I, was, I wasn't letting it go. I look back and as I'm still pushing and it's still ringing, I was like, do you hear it now? <laughs> right? And the tendon's like, yes, you heard, I heard it. You won, you won. And that's when I came down, right? And also by this time, there was a bit of a crowd because I'm like, who's crazy enough to like play this game for like 20, 20 times straight, right? My mom is finally relaxed and not having an anxiety attack because, you know, it's over, right? I won. And my wife's happy, right? My son's happy. I mean, just the look of his face just made all of this worth it, right? And so I asked my son, which prize do you want? And so there was like this big white teddy bear. There was this like green turtle. There was this whale. There's like monkey. A bunch of ones. He picked the green turtle. And so I remember taking this picture, holding up my son and holding up this green turtle. I mean, the green turtle was like three times the size of my son, right? with the attendant to document this core memory, right? And so after we take a picture, I asked my son, I was like, what do you want to call it? And he said, Greeny. And so we took Greeny home and now Greeny's part of our family. <laughs> We're not letting that one go. But um, why am I sharing this personal story? My mom, where I know she's coming from a place of pure love, right? I know she's coming from a place of pure love. She uses language that's predominantly weighted 
towards opportunity cost because that's how her SOS is programmed, right? The way my mom is wired is that if there's perceived opportunity cost that's too high for her to handle, it wouldn't even matter how much the opportunity benefit is. She's going to choose an option that has the lowest perceived risk. That's just how she's wired. Whereas my wife, and this is probably one of the reasons why we're soulmates, <laughs> she focuses on opportunity benefits, just like me. And when we see something where the opportunity benefit outweighs the cost, and it's something that we really want, we both go for it. We don't let anything stop us. And so the main takeaway that I want you to get from this is that I want you to ask yourself, do you tend to look at life through the lens of opportunity cost or opportunity benefit? When it comes time to making that final decision on evaluating your options, do you emphasize more on the opportunity cost that drives your decisions? Or are you focused more on the opportunity benefits? When you're doing a comparison, if you're doing like a cost-benefit analysis or you're weighing your pros and cons, you really want to weigh both the opportunity benefits and the opportunity costs. You don't want to just be one side or the other. I mean, if you look at our culture, our society, the current language that we use, I just hear so many more examples and emphasis on opportunity costs. But if we're focusing on what we're potentially losing, are you equally factoring in what you're potentially gaining in taking one option over the other? I remember what I said earlier in this episode. Whatever you focus, you give it power. And that's what shapes your reality. With that said, what are the action steps for this week? Using the CAL method, the C-A-L method. C, calm. Calm yourself with a method that works for you in quieting your wind tunnel. That could be meditation or breathwork exercises like we did before in previous episodes. It could be running or doing yoga stretches. Find an easy method that you can calm yourself within a few minutes. And then A, awareness. In that calm state, bring awareness to your trains of thought. When you weigh options, are you equally evaluating the costs and benefits of those options? Or do you tend to put more weight and emphasis on the opportunity cost? Do you have a tough time of letting go of perhaps your limiting beliefs? If so, have you dived in deeper to understand why it is difficult to let go? Do you guys remember in episode 5 where I explained the importance of letting go of your bananas? If you don't know what I'm talking about, after you finish this episode, please go back and listen to episode 5. I walk you through and explain what it is and means to let go of your bananas. And so L, language. Ask yourself, can I give myself permission to evaluate both the benefits and costs of each options? Can I give myself permission to evaluate from a neutral state rather than emphasizing from an opportunity cost state of mind? Is there a third option that has the most opportunity benefit with the least amount of opportunity cost? Your options don't have to be binary. And so... Final thoughts for today's episode. I'd like to share a quote. So many of our dreams at first seem impossible. Then they seem improbable. And then when we summon the will, they soon become inevitable. That quote was by Christopher Reeve. Folks, I hope by introducing the new language and vocabulary of opportunity benefiting your life, 
that you begin to reprogram your SOS on how you evaluate your options. By doing so, you will evaluate your options from a more balanced state of mind. And I hope that you also start asking different questions. What's a third alternative? It doesn't have to be binary. There's always a third alternative if you summon the will to search for it. Your dreams may seem impossible. In your mind, it may seem like it's a leap of faith, but it's just a jump of faith with the right perspectives when you start using language that energetically match your vision. And if you practice the Cal method to start shifting to a more neutral state of weighing your opportunity benefits and costs, I know you will realize it's just a step of faith. It's no longer a leap of faith. Your dreams are inevitable if you just take that first step. I love to hear your thoughts. Send me a DM on Instagram at Benjamin Ye. Please let me know if today's episode has positively impacted you. I also want to add that in the upcoming month in April, I have a few openings remaining for my private one-on-one coaching. If you're searching for a business and transformation coach that can help you gain clarity in finding your true north and amplifying your business and truly thriving while having fun doing it, head over to my website and book a discovery call with me. I'm happy to connect and see if we're a good fit. As always, if you feel you've gained any value from today's episode, Subscribe to this Boom Vision podcast if you haven't already done so. Share this episode with your family, friends, or coworkers that can truly benefit. I would be grateful if you leave a comment or review. Please let me know if what I shared today resonates with you. Until next time, folks, be kind to yourself. Be in the light. Be you. Thank you so much for tuning in to my Boom Vision podcast. If you'd like to find out more about me in this podcast, head over to benjaminye.com. That's spelled B-E-N-J-A-M-I-N-Y-E-H.com. If you haven't already, click subscribe and I'll catch you next time.